when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, March 5th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 139. That's 139 episodes, which seems like a big number to me. <laughs> like, I think somewhere around, like, 130, it struck me, that's a big number. And 39 feels extra big. I wish I had 130 minutes to fight a fucking dragon in Monster Hunter. <laughs> oh. I, I know, Patrick. I know. I know. Uh. I'm Austin Walker. That was obviously Patrick Klepek. Also the game's joining bad. Us. That game's bad. I take many, back everything I said about everything it. Everything positive you've said. Also joining us, Danica Harrod. Hello. Who also failed to kill a dragon this morning. Yep. But and I already killed I already killed it. So Patrick Patrick can sulk. Um I'm kind of sulking, but I already killed it, so I'm not tripping too bad. Apparently apparently we need we needed Austin Walker on the on the horns in order to take us over um, the finish line. Right, of course. And and Daniel Riendo. Any dragon based uh, uh failures in your life recently or You just... know, every day is a dragon based <laughs> failure, really. Uh especially on Mondays. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. I get you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I yeah, Mondays are the biggest dragon in our lives. Agreed. Agreed. What happened? Tell me about what's up with Monster Hunter. Y'all are y'all have continued to play. I've kind of fallen off. Um, not for lack of loving that game, but just for needing to do other work stuff. I want to be so like I I feel you're close. Like, it's it's slipping away from me. Like I felt it last night when mm. um uh I the Oscars were on, and that's something that like usually my wife and I my wife and I watch a lot of movies, and like mm-hmm. been lucky enough like being part of a union that like I get screeners, so it's like. I get to do the thing that not a lot of get, people get to do, which is, like, see pretty much all of, like, the Best Picture nominees, uh-huh, like, before uh-huh. the Oscars. And so it was, like, really cool to sit down and watch. She unfortunately got a stomach bug and oh. was unable to watch the, the movies uh, or watch the Oscars with me. Um, and so I was like, well, I still want to watch the Oscars. Like, I'm rooting for Jordan Peele. And I'm rooting, still rooting right, for right. Guillermo del Toro. Uh, and um, I was like, well, maybe I could play some Monster Hunter, too. So I dragged a computer monitor out. And set it up next to uh, uh, my projector so I could watch the Oscars. And I was like, I'll just grind on Monster Hunter for um, like four hours. And I did. And I had this moment where all I want are Anjanath fangs. Pluses. (laughs) Seriously, all I want is like I've wanted to get the fire. Right. I've wanted to get the fire hammer up. And And I I have a bunch of teeth on that thing. It's yeah. I needed I needed four for like the the one upgrade I needed, and then I needed five more for the the upgrade that gets you into rarity. Six, like whatever the mm. one that gives you the the blue uh, card, right, right? Um, and I, like I, I have fucking thirty five of every other thing, <laughs> and it will not drop. Thing, uh. I, I fought an Anjanath like 
12 times have you while watching one? the Oscars. Every time, oh. Austin. <laughs> and I'm, even doing, I'm even doing investigations where you get the silver and gold yeah, the extra. tiers. Because like, those are supposed yeah. to be like the the like increased chance that you'll get the rarest of things. But no, yeah. like, give me a Wyvern gem, which is also super rare and hard but to get. But I don't need you Wyvern need, gem. I need right. a fang. Like, I could literally, if I could tweak the rewards, it just said, give me nothing or give me fangs. But an increase. So anyway, this is like a long way of saying... Uh, like, that wasn't fun. Like, none of that right. was, like, yeah. fun or interesting. And, like, that's the path I wanted to go down. And I guess you could criticize, like, oh, just go do something else. But, like, that's the thing I wanted to do. Yep. And it wasn't fun. And so now I feel like I just want to beat these Elder Dragons. I want to beat that final boss. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm ready to kind of just just take a break. Like, I've just, like, right. I've hit, like, my wall on that game in a way that I'm really enjoying it. And I, the Anjanath path. Like, that was going to make me start disliking this game in a way that, like, that's not the... the I want to leave on a high note of bashing an end boss dragon in the head with a hammer and go, cool. I did it. I'm see the you at, at this. See you at Game of the Year, Monster right, Hunter World. Right, right. Instead of what's happening now, which is just kind of disappointment. I'm in the, I'm in the same boat where I'm, like, uh, I've basically completely plateaued. And mm. I'm just, like, trying to finish the story. And like Patrick mentioned, it's it's... I have been playing through like most of the game with my boyfriend and there will be times where you're you're going and you're doing the same exact fight and you're doing the uh-huh. same quest and you're doing the same thing and like there have been a million times where my boyfriend's gotten like five things that I need and I just don't get them <laughs> at all from that fight. And is right. there trading? Can you trade no. like materials no. now? You can give uh you know you like, like consumables. Yeah, yeah consumables can be given. Like, I, I, I wish there were even just like high cost to it, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. some yeah. sort of like, hey, totally. like if a player wants to give you this, like I don't know, I, I don't know what the well, risk like, reward structure like, a would cool be. Guild box where I can dump in the extras. Like, oh, I, I know I'm not going to make anything with this weird fish scale. Here, you can have this. <laughs> right. Go for it. But I guess they, they, you know, I can see like hardcore fans saying like, well, you know, like this is part of mm-hmm. what makes Monster Hunter Monster. And I, and I do, and I do agree that like the the fun of the drop. It's it's when the ratio is off, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's not. I I am one hundred percent with people who love this series that say like like fighting it, it three times and the one time you finally get like oh the, that three set of like fin plus that you needed like whoo I'm gonna go get that hammer like I get that part of like the uh, the risk reward and the and the gamble of like each fight, but it's just. I, I like the the ratio seems to like <laughs> like I've identified something that I think is actually off. Like I think the fang like th- it feel like, like run I cannot, the numbers. I cannot consider. You want to right? Well, I'm honestly thinking that's like how can I possibly be this unlucky this many times in a row? Seems it just seems like the balance is off somewhere. That's, that's, or, ha- that's happened to me too. Uh, that's happened yeah. to me too. So so what happened to Patrick and I this morning was we went to fight the Kushala. Um, the first elder dragon. What's, what's a kush? Oh, sorry, it, you just explained. Okay. It, yeah, it's the first elder dragon. We went to fight it. There's a 50 minute time limit. Um, we were kicking its ass. Like we, I think we were doing really, really good at that fight to start. Like none of us carded. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we were doing really good damage. And then midway through, we went back and we we went back to camp and we ate. And then uh, we were still kicking its ass, and then it was like 10 minutes it's like left. It's a big wind dragon, right? That's it's a big whole... wind dragon, and it spends a lot of time hovering above the ground. Yeah. And we, I think our problem was like our character setup were two very like low to the ground attacking Ooh. players. And right. so we, we're both the, melee. Yeah. And so you can use, uh, you know, flash pods to bring it down, but you run out of those pretty quickly. Or what we did was like, 
I, you know what? Honestly, like the, the mistake that we and we made a lot of like, we didn't make any critical mistakes. I think we just made like mistakes on the margins that added up at the end to like putting us just outside because we had them down to the skull. We didn't pass out. Like we we weren't actually having a hard time with the fight. We just weren't doing enough DPS to like get it over the finish line. What we probably should have done was like realizing that the flash pods are critical for our characters to stay in the race was that we needed to be keeping uh flash bugs with us so mid fight we could just crack one person could be crafting more flash pods right so that right. they could have been bringing it down because what we did was like we wasted probably 30 minutes of that fight being oh. like oh hope wait for that wait for the boy to come down yeah, yeah we had to um, wait for him you because had I think, down to like the skull was on the oh, screen yeah, yeah. The you skull got some was good, on the good climactic hits of just like jumping off oh, yeah. of things. It was great, and oh, then we not, were so didn't, close. didn't close it out. But this happened when I fought him the first time. I, it said I had five minutes on the on the clock, and then in the last like thirty seconds is when I beat him. That's it's it's a tough game. It's a tough yeah. game. Keep checking in. I need to I need to find some time to put back into it because I just want to finish the game. That's we the all, thing is like, I, think, I think we need to finish. We all like awesome. We need to. I know you I got know, stuff to play. It's, dude, it's but tough. I think we need to. We need to find a way so that we can push we through to push through we're close. to get. We're close, right? Yeah, we are like yeah. you know ten hours from the finish line. That's because I think we should. Uh, we should. On, I, I know. Uh, hey, believe me, I like, I, I'm I well aware know. of time. I know you. But I think uh, like on stream, we need to fight that final dragon, and like all three of us can then. Wash, wash our hands, hands. monster. We don't need world. to go so, up to hunter level ninety or whatever, right? No, I'll come back when the they add. Rank. Like, like yeah, I'll be yeah, excited yeah. to come back when they're adding new monsters. Like, I, I some of them already leaked because of a guidebook, and Ooh, they look pretty cool. I bet. Um, uh, but then again, I said that of player unknowns battlegrounds. I was like, oh, I'll go back when they add yeah. stuff. And actually, we have not. Like, well, I'm, it's hard for me to tell. Like, it did I just did the, the did the temperature run too hot? My fever went away, and it's just, I don't need that game anymore. Or does that map suck? <laughs> like, I like that map, and I think the I don't think that, I like. But they're that fixing map. it. They're fixing it though. Are they? Are they? Are they yeah. patching that map? Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with the they're map? They're adding it, lacking cover. Basically, I think oh is the main God. thing, and they're yeah. adding. They're like adding new stuff to that map. Okay, we should go back yeah. to it. Like I, I miss yeah. that game a lot. I like that game a Same. lot, and we went from like playing it every day. To yeah. playing it once every three weeks, like yeah. even privately, <clears throat> and so like I would, I'd be pretty eager to check that out. I, I, I've been thinking about it a lot because I've been playing a different game that is sort of uh, that's being compared, let's say, to PUBG. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another game which you hunt monsters. It's a game that has hunt <laughs> in the name. Okay, please called, tell me more. It is called Hunt Showdown. Hunt oh. Call oh. Showdown. <laughs> yes, which <laughs> like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is a terrible name. It's so bad. <laughs> it's that so, yeah. When yeah. when like the game became popular. Austin, like yeah. Danica was actually the one who was kind of pushing for us to check it out, yeah. and uh, was like, "Hey, can someone go request codes to see if we can cover this, or at least see if it's worth covering?" And so we did that, and then like Austin like pinged me, it was like, "Hey, Patrick, like you have a code, like it's in your email yeah, somewhere." Yeah, they emailed say like, "Hey, Pat, like, we sent Patrick a code," and then I went looked, and I was like, "Oh, right, I deleted this because I saw here's a code for a game called Hunt." The showdown. Delete. <laughs> um, it was originally apparently called... Wow, wow, wow. I'm like looking up some info on this. So it's Crytek, uh, a, a studio that has not released many games recently. And, uh, and crucially, uh, has treated their workers like shit. Like shit. Yes. Uh, and, has yes. Been, and has been like on the verge of collapse on and off for years now. Yeah. Go uh, look up uh, Jason Schreier at Kotaku. has done a lot of really good uh, tracking of Crytek's labor issues. They yes. have, as they have gone through their financial troubles, which obviously creates stresses in any work environment. I'm sure that is not 
easy for the the, the, the higher ups. Uh, they have mm, you know not paid people for a long time and done other uh, lots of yeah that stuff. It's been lots of like, hey, you owe all of your people a lot of money type stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, they sold off parts of their company to Sega. There's like been a lot of like. They're clearly in the middle of a big, weird restructure, and I hope that they figure shit out and start treating people better. Um, they sold their wait. engine to Amazon, right? Which then became yes, Lumberyard. Yes, which became Lumberyard, correct. Is this the original title right here, Hunt Horrors of the Gilded Age? Yeah, that's where oh, I was boy. going to. You just skipped ahead <laughs> to the last thing I was going to say, which is originally it was called Hunt Horrors of the Gilded Age. <laughs> wow. Is that better or worse? I think it's better because it's, it's at least it at least speaks to like what yeah. – like, This Hunt Showdown could literally be a game where you hunt deer. Like it's or it's a hunting game where now there's also bears showdown, you know, or Just something. Just call it horrors of the gilded age. Horrors like, of the gilded the, age, you know, it's, it's kind fine. of fine. Yeah, uh, is how, hunt how, like a brand, we... like a special brand? Hunt, Hoga. brand, horrors of the gilded age. <laughs> Hoga. Good H okay, mm. HDA. Um, no, hunt is on lunch. I want to get some Hoga. <laughs> I want to get a good. Oh. I want. To, I miss New Jersey. A Hoga I used to get a nice Hoga. Um, yeah, <laughs> so Hoga's here. So it is a first-person, uh, team-based, uh, two-person team, uh, game where you and five of, it's five teams total, I'm pretty sure, it's ten players, um, go into a kind of a swamp, like a, like a Louisiana it's bayou. It's like a bayou, yeah. It's like a bayou, kind of rolling swampland with some forests and bushes and, and rivers, um, and there are a bunch of locations on a map, you open a button, open up a map, just like PUBG, there are like, I want to say... 10 locations maybe more than that maybe like 15 locations Mm -hmm. spread out spread out across the map you are bounty hunters of a sort of lovecraftian horror like era like west like wild west just post wild west gilded age right so like 1910s 1920s uh is really where it's hitting um and so you have like you know revolvers and uh, repeater rifles and you know singular double shot shotguns um and you're going into hunt uh, supernatural creatures. The the map is filled with regular zombies, and there's also kind of special zombies. There's like one that sends bees at you called the Hive, and mm-hmm. she's real creepy. Good. There's like a big armored one that just has like scrap metal attached to it. Yeah. We found one last night, Danica the and meat, I. The Meat Man or something? The Meat like, Man. <laughs> I don't think it was called the it Meat was, Man. He was the Meat Delicious. something. He the was meat. the Meat something. No, he he's, meat. The, he's the Meat Man now. He had yeah. meat in his name. But like he a was, Meat Packer? He was like a big. I don't like, think it was the meat packer. He said, I don't know what he was, but he was. That's big. my favorite football the big team. Man, the, the big man, the meat packers, the, the meat packers. <laughs> anyway, and then there's always a boss. And there's a the, the goal of any given round is to find the boss, kill it, uh, banish it using a sort of like spell, I guess. And then escape with these two bounty coins that you gain from killing it. Uh, the two monsters, the two like bounty monsters, right now are. A spider. It's like a big spider, I guess. All right. Well, I'm not playing this game. Uh, and well, you go. Fuck so you, you can choose. You can choose that. You can choose. Or, the, okay. or yeah. the butcher who is like the butcher. The meat from, man. No, it's a different. The this is the thing. Oh. I, mm, no, there is the Austin meat man. Thought it was the butcher, but There's the butcher has the a butcher. pig head, and this guy right. didn't have a pig head. Oh my god! So he, the, he the butcher up. hates himself. Then, if he has a pig head and he's killing other pigs. No, I think, I think there's he, some deep no, 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 psychological weight No, I weight think there. he killed the pig and put the pig on his own head. I don't think he has a pig head. He's not like How a do you chimera. How that thing? Uh, you're, you're undead. It's like an alpha male type stuff, you know? 
It is. I'm trying to understand. There's this a lot of depth peak, here. This is what peak performance looks like. Okay. Big man with a pig head on his head. Big pig on his man. neck. Um, the game has the game also has a lot of other things that aren't necessarily enemies, but um like sounds that you can yes. trigger in the world, like crows. If you see like a group of crows and you walk anywhere near it, they'll launch up into the air and get all loud. So they they let other players know where you're at where you are so that's the thing is it's like pvpve right so there's pve you're fighting zombies you're trying to track down this monster what happens is you go to a location you kind of hit e to bring up detective vision and it's like oh everything's black and white and then there's some blue sparkles off in the distance and if you go to the blue sparkles you'll find like a weird ground thing a weird like uh cairn on the ground that you would you hit and it turns into a weird like portal clue that says oh now you know it's not in this like northern hemisphere northern half of the map then you get another one and it closes off a couple of different districts and then eventually it zeroes in there's three clues and each clue gets rid of a section of the map Right. And so once like you get the third in. clue, it tells you where the boss is. I and so then that. you go fight the boss. But that's what the other four teams are also doing. And you're you're also competing against each other. And so there's lots of like, all right, we know basically where it is. And so someone will like set up a trap on the way in to try to get you or somebody else will try to rush in. Hmm. And you know, you can tell you can hear them fighting it. You can hear the gunshots going off like 100 yards away or inside of the church where they're fighting it or inside of this weird compound. And so you're like, all right, I'm just going to fucking wait out here until they get it. And then I'm going to close in on them when they're weak. Um, um, and if they get it, uh, one of the, my favorite things is this, this effect of like, again, you kind of goes into black and white detective vision when you're trying to track things down. And when they have the coins, instead of being like a little blue sparkle or this kind of blue beacon that it is when you know where the monster is, it turns into like this thunderstorm. This like lightning storm is happening in this other realm where you're like ch- running into the lightning to try to chase them down. Uh, and it's it's really the the moment to so moment they can, so they can So they can kill – the boss yes. and then be taken down by other players who are waiting yes. for them to do the yeah. hard so work. They, have to, they have to the extract. Yes. You and need extracting to three takes, extraction, extraction points on yeah. the map. And extracting mm. also takes some time. So basically you can yes. like track them down and, and kill them. And well, you can ignore the PVE and – Yes. Focus just the, on the PvP. The PvE gives you money and, and uh, uh, experience. Fuck, there's points, all this other yeah. structure, right? Okay. So you have right. you have characters who are permadeath characters. If you lose them, they lose any exp- they lose any XP they have. They lose their equipment. They lose anything you bought for them. And so you're constantly kind of churning through characters as you play. You, lo- you lose them totally. Like you have yeah, to like, so go in and recruit a totally new, new person. Unless you don't die. And so right. the way that you make you make kind of a count level experience and money by killing enemies by killing pve enemies mm-hmm. uh as well as by killing other so like there is a there there was a moment yesterday when we were playing danica where we made we had like a good run we still died in the end but we probably made like we 200 28 bucks or whatever. grunts we right. and like killing killing enemies is dangerous because if you use your gun you're like alerting people to your location if you walk oh, there's glass right. on the yeah. floor if you walk over the glass people will hear that it's like like dying horses who will start neighing really loudly if you get close yeah it's it's creepy as fuck it's it's like really interesting because i think you know we've talked a lot about the the pub g aesthetic and the sort of like Mm -hmm. non-aesthetic you know whatever it's going for this is one of the first times i've seen a game go like oh we need to own the aesthetic in in a way that is a draw like in and of itself so that players will put up with some of the bullshit like right. the servers are fucked the the optimization is fucked it's terrible it runs like <laughs> shit on my pc and i have like a decent pc yeah. um uh the 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 i think the basic structure is probably really is really 
rough right now in terms of like how you recruit people into your into your team how it's only a two it's only a two-person squad right now we're not talking about right. four-person teams like it's it's in a kind of a rough and early place but, but it has something but like dude there's a book danica pointed this out to me last night the um the lore there's like a lore book in this game yeah. that is just like a collection of fake newspaper clippings <laughs> and train tickets yeah. and like all about you know all about the, the supernatural the what was it called again it was like the louisiana incident the louisiana or something. something yeah purchase i think no 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 <laughs> um but it's really, it like explains why this part of the yes. world is yeah. all fucked up and yes. weird so, like why there are bounty hunters it's, and like yeah it's very cool it's like battlegrounds is like tense enough you know you're in like this yes. world with like 99 other people and everyone's coming for you but this is like you have these t- these four other teams who are after you on top of like just the scariest like horror movie shit going on like yeah. the sound in that game is, is like my thing. absolutely incredible i'm I, so excited for it to get to be better like i yes, think it'll yes. i th- it is the best reloading animations i've ever seen in a video game and oh i know people God, love so the good. ra4 so reloading animations and the, the resident evil 4 reloading animations very good but there is like this because you have to, you don't, okay, so here's the thing that happens in most games with revolvers. They just yeah. have, like, the quick revolver load. They have, like, the, the what are those called? Like, the quick loaders or whatever. Where yeah. you, like, they open the revolver and they dump out all the shells. And then you, like, put in the whole load all at once. Like, six bullets in there and like, you snap it back. And that's cool. In this, you don't have that. So you, like, open the fucking barrel and are pulling out each individual shell <laughs> and dropping it and then putting in a new one over and over again. Same thing with the shotguns. Clunk, clunk, it's, clunk. it's so rewarding and it's so scary because there are just zombies everywhere. And so there are times when you're like, oh, I'm shooting at the zombie. And, like, click. Oh, shit. I have to reload. Mm-hmm. Open the gun. Like, stumble to get the bullet out. Put the new one in. Um, it's really cool. And that stuff is – it communicates character and it communicates place and setting and time in a way that other games in this genre – like evolve i think really dropped the ball on its aesthetic uh, even though this is kind of a similar game you know it's about hunting a big monster um though in this game you currently at least can't play as any of the monsters it's not like left mm-hmm. for dead or right, evolve right. like that but i don't know it's something to watch um i think that the it's it's again frustrating because the crytek stuff is so shitty uh and it's it's frustrating when you know that there are clearly developers who are busting their asses to make something really cool under conditions that are unfair to them um and it's one of those things where i really hope that that this is the sort of thing that like either even if it just gives them a cash injection to start just fucking pay your people just pay your people (laughs) you know um it's also hard to tell with Frytech because like different divisions like like they have lots of studios all over the world so it's like I don't, is that this division? Like, I couldn't tell you. Is that this one? Or right. was that a different one? Or was that from a different story two years ago in which, like, they went through some shit? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's are you weird. guys – it's funny that you mention this game. And we're talking about this game. We're talking about in the context of PUBG because I think, like, none of us really connected with Fortnite. Like, those games yeah. sort of, like, uh, PUBG and Fortnite kind of came – not exact same time, but, you know, same – period and then PUBG or uh, Fortnite really took off like even exponentially more so when it added its own battle mm-hmm. royale mode mm-hmm. and in some ways i think we all kind of took a side and been like yo kind of shitty Fortnite like yeah. we're going to stick with PUBG even though that's the game we liked better but Fortnite uh it's always interesting when a game starts to reach like i think PUBG was is like i'm not sure where it is on like phenomenon status mm-hmm. anymore or if it's just evolved into just a very popular video game i think it's out of phenomenon status and now it's just a big popular video game that will have lots of people playing it and like fortnite just keeps going up right and to the point where like i when people in my life start 
asking me about a game and they don't know anything about video games or have a very tangential right. casual relationship with video games. Like uh, my uh, wife's uh, sister asked before she was leaving the house a couple of days ago. She's like, she's like uh, 21 and she's not really into video games and knows I, you know what I do for a living and stuff. She's like, What's up with this Fortnite game that all my <laughs> friends are playing? They won't leave the house to be social because they just say they're playing Fortnite. And so I was explaining to her what the game was and stuff like that. But it like really between that seeing like folks like Chuck Todd and like other like just the way that Fortnite is talked about, right. like it is. It, it, no, I'm not saying it's the new Minecraft, but it is in that cultural sphere of like it's being talked about in a way that like very few video games ever get anywhere close to being and in no world would i have ever predicted this game because i bounced off Fortnite so hard that i was yeah. just like it's over this shit it's on Fine. my list I, so i played it i played but it i feel i feel like i need to go back to it now right. but that's, i fucked that's up the thing that's the what I, I too many people like this game okay i'm not really into building stuff but uh there's something to <laughs> here that i clearly i missed but, so that's the actual thing with me is i really enjoyed the single player i don't know if any of you spent time with they're not the single player the the, the horde mode stuff i enjoyed right yeah. and i think that there's, i actually think that the colorful character design all of the kind of like the the character class stuff is all really appealing and like had a great aesthetic and, and had a great vibe um i was really frustrated by not only the sort of feeling of it being an opportunist uh a play to to do battle royal first on on consoles um as a free to play game like it really felt like like eating somebody else's lunch um but also with what happened then with the the original mode which just felt like it was sidelined you know like it gained a subtitle so that it wasn't just for that wasn't fortnite anymore that was fortnite defend the night or whatever <laughs> right or whatever mm. it was called um and it was kind of like shuffled away and as someone who liked that game i was like man fuck off which is like a real petty thing it's like a real <laughs> it's a real non-journalistic non-critical thing to do in some sense because it's like this is a big thing like there is it's, it's almost like our kingdom come discussion again right which which was like all right why am i not covering this thing what's happening here and it happened to all be happening in the fall when we all had a billion things to cover right. anyway mm -hmm. and so when it came to prioritization it just got low priority in that way but now it's february and like the next big thing on my plate is probably it's far it's cry march. 5 again that's march fuck it's march oh my god and my life um yo but they're, they're adding jetpacks to fortnite right, jetpacks so, sound pretty jet fucking so, cool like, so, so the big one for me is actually that i understand that they're changing the the combat mechanics the, like mm -hmm. the way that guns feel um and that was one of my actual big complaints with that game was just like i don't like how any of this feels this isn't how i want a game like pubg squishy or yes. something totally, like, I, I can't i didn't play totally enough yeah. to like but that was i remember i only played three or four hours of the co-op mode but i just remember being like i i see what could be cool here it was like one the building stuff is just not a mechanic that like gets me into games but two, the combat like just felt like squishy is the best way I yeah. could have described. So then when I heard like, oh, they're adding a battle royale, I was like, why? Like PUBG, like forever its problems, and it ha clearly has a big cheating problem that I oh, think yeah. is eating is a huge reason. Like, but the, the the fast iteration that Epic is doing and responding to players and the predominance of cheating seems to be like two gut level reasons why those games are diverging in yep. some ways. But also, yeah, like it was like oh, I was loving PUBG so much; it was very precise and specific, and the game did what you wanted it to do. Um, when it wasn't glitching, but it, whereas like a squishy bullet is like maybe like the last well, thing. Also, I I'm bad at the sort of weird quick building stuff, and I don't yeah. want to get good at it. I'm like, I that that is on me partially because it's just like, oh, I don't want to get good at it. So <laughs> I'm if I'm not going to wrap my head around valid, this thing. If I'm not right, right. That's the thing, you know. 
but it's so popular. Like I need, I, I feel like the same way that like for years I was like, I should have played World of Warcraft just so I could have spoken to what that right. was. But you know, for better or worse, I feel at this point I need, like, I feel a cultural obligation to, <laughs> even if I don't end up liking Fortnite. Like I'm not saying I'd, just because it's popular means that I totally, need to totally. enjoy it. But I, I, I like would like to be able to speak to that game in a way that is more authoritative than I don't know. The bushes was squishy, squishy like a year ago. <laughs> right, right. It's well, not, so it's the, been on the news too. It's like it has um, been in the news. CNN, it's like the big weird. fucking college. Game, you know, like you go on Instagram and you go look at popular posts on Instagram. Fucking Fortnite is it's everywhere. everywhere. It's a free to play game that's like made by a major studio. That means it has a degree of polish. Like you said, it has a lot of attention. Um, when I say like I'm not good at it, and that's sort of on me. The thing I'm actually trying to say is actually, or to the degree that it's not on me, is like when I look at a game like Monster Hunter, when I look at a game like PUBG. Part of what's amazing about those games is that I wasn't good at them, and then I got better because the game encouraged right. me to learn and get better. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I. And because they presented the sort of uh, they presented a, a sort of play at which it I it appealed to me to get better. But when I watch high level Fortnite uh, play, <laughs> where it's just like people quick building huge towers right. or defensive wall structures, like I think it looks neat, but I don't want to do it. Like I don't. It's like yeah. watching League or or Dota, where I'm like, this is clearly taking a great deal of skill. I'm impressed by it. I think that whoever is doing this looks and like see, clearly understands the mechanics at a really high level that and that's laudable. Uh, not me though. I'm good. That's why that's why you play with people and this is what my I have a a bunch of friends now who have moved from Battlegrounds to just playing Fortnite every single day. Mm-hmm. And my friends who don't like building, they just group up with people who will build and then they like mm. you know you just you play with people who yeah, like to sense. build and then you can focus on shooting shit well right. austin let's go play it together you don't like building and i don't like building so we're set so we don't have to like building together perfect perfect, <laughs> perfect. come to our no build i'll build island. i'll no volunteer to build i hated battle royale like i hated fortnite the first time i tried it but i also yeah, haven't tried it since it. so I'll update it. it has, listen, it has controller we'll support. All four of us could play. It has, like, controller, it has support. controller support. It's on PS4. It, yeah, it's yeah. on PS4. It's on, yeah, it's on consoles. It, so. Oh, really? Okay. okay. <laughs> there you go. Have you seen it and been like, oh, yeah, I want to do that? I've seen it. Good. Good I answer. Don't know about the second okay. part. I, don't, I also don't like how it, how it looks. And, I, and that's, you I'm, don't like I might, off-brand I might be alone too, in that. Or, uh... Yeah, I don't like, I, I don't like the, um, it, it looks like, uh, like one of those like knockoff cartoons that you can watch on Netflix, but like only ever came out mm. on Netflix, but really it came out like 10 years ago and just no one knew about it, you know? They got purchased yeah. as part of a deal. And I like know a whole deal. Like, yeah, I know a lot of people who like how it looks, but the first time I played it, I was like, oh God, my eyes, what is this? I'm yeah. so overwhelmed. I don't think it like looks bad. It's not like I, I look at it and want to throw up. It's more I look at it and I say, or I could play Bioshock again. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's it's the natural tendency of anyone you know, in this world. That's what a normal person <laughs> or, says, yeah, right? Or, or you could play Bioshock, maybe, which you would Daniel, you may, maybe, maybe your decision to do that is what invoked Bethesda to tease Prey DLC. <laughs> I was. Which I'm surprised you have so like managed happy. to like control yourself to not yeah. like immediately talk about. Yeah, it I, sounds like they're doing You uh, take all Moon responsibility DLC. for Prey and I'll I, take responsibility for Yakuza. There we go. See, we, we've split up our division of labor. The, yeah, you guys yeah. have to figure out who shoots and who builds. We figured out Prey and Yakuza, yeah, so yeah. you know we can do it. You can do it. Yeah, I was very excited to see that, and uh, I'm keeping. I'm sort of trying not to hold my breath for too much. I mean, you know, if they're gonna do it, like th- my thought would be, if they're gonna do any DLC that like 
from what I've heard, like about what's happening, like post, yeah. like dishonor to post praise, that like there's going to be a movement away from immersive sims, like both like sort of like industry large Pour and like w- yeah. within like like arcane, um, which is not surprising. Like if they're gonna if they're gonna you know do a last hurrah, then like you would hope it's gonna be like a they a lot like they didn't have to let arcane do what they did right. with dishonor. Like they right. let put just put like Bethesda makes enough money. And that you would like it was nice. Uh, I don't want to say it's nice of a corporation to let them do. That but you know nice what I mean? Like, them. <laughs> but it was nice to uh, say. Oh, not as nice of them. I'll say it was nice that Dishonored was allowed to come to a conclusion. Where like right. it feels like Dishonored. Like if it never comes back, it was laid to rest both in, in its mythology and its mechanics in a way that feels like it it finished what it set out right. to on do. A high could note. they have done? Yeah. Yes, they could have, have done more. Note. Yes, on a very on a, yeah. Death, Death of the Outsider is a tremendous. Like if you if you play nothing else of Dishonored, if you just play Death of the Outsider, I think you would have a, a really terrific time, and it really yes. kind of brought the series full circle mechanically and narratively. Yep. And if Prey is not destined for a sequel, and if Arcane or Bethesda as a studio as a, as a company is moving away from that sort of thing, like you would hope they would give them latitude to do a Death of the Outsider, like big, you know, eight to ten hour, like something for Prey that's like, and now we're going to put a cap on this and go find out like what is. What's after the immersive sim, which is its own exciting question, given how talented a lot of those people yeah. are, if they end up staying there and then deciding to try and answer that question themselves. But like, I guess I would ask you, Danielle, like, other than just obviously, more prey is uh, a happy Danielle. Hell like, yes. what, like, what do you actually? Because that game was like, you know, I, I thought it was too long, and I wish it could have been more focused. Yeah, but that, that's me. But when you look at the things that you liked about it, if they were to tighten that into like, you know. Somewhere between six and ten hours. Like, what is it that you'd like to see them focus on? Like, what do you want from that DLC? Absolutely. Well, just, um, I mean, there are areas of prey that are not amazingly focused and that are not uh, inherently, it doesn't necessarily show you how many ways you can play something. It's not immediately obvious that you can do 300 things in a room, for example. Something that really, really does a good job of showing that would be amazing. Like, a, a giant room that has, you know, seven general possibilities for how to go about it and then within that you know the five to eight other kind of possibilities you can go down that road something that really shows that because i I think that was the problem with prey is that it really doesn't show how deep the systems go unless you're the kind of player who needs to scratch at the surface which is who i am which is why i loved it so much right? right but something that actually shows that for more people i think would be amazing i think other people would really enjoy that and really enjoy sort of experimenting with stuff if they knew how much stuff was possible basically mm-hmm. and something that encourages not only that but also encourages all that kind of level design that supported that so well mm-hmm. uh the the ability that it gave you to kind of break the game using the glue gun everywhere for example to you know you could build your own stick staircase to heaven with a glue gun and like beat the game in 10 minutes or whatever if you wanted to you totally (laughs) could and that's amazing and beautiful and i love that i'm hoping with how talented that team is that they can actually create level design that makes sense for that and that kind of really brings that up because i think there were a lot of unfinished things i mean i I think it's pretty obvious that prey had sort of a almost an unfinished area that was hinted at uh in Mm -hmm. certain ways it was like a certain lab or something they kept sort of referring to and some of the I know I'm going a little too deep here, but anyway, <laughs> oh. I think something that, that maybe sort of makes sense of the story in that way if they're doing something that's concurrent with the story events of Prey, and otherwise, they're hinting at the moon, they're hinting at uh, another sort of story thread mm-hmm. that was in at the moon, which would also be cool. They could do something with, I- I'm excited about the idea of microgravity, like, not microgravity, like one-sixth gravity, like the moon's mm. gravity, because there's a lot of zero-G stuff and then everything else is happening in normal gravity, but the kinds of things I could imagine them... Doing with an immersive sim in lower gravity would be 
intense That'd be really cool. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I'm really curious about, because you've been playing through Bioshock again. Um, I, just, and, I just finished it again. And those challenge rooms, which I never played before, are right. awesome. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm curious about that because, like, so Bioshock found a huge audience by being kind of a lighter immersive sim, right? Like, really yeah. leaning into combat, combat puzzles, combat chests, like, solutions based on... It offered the sort of uh, expressivity of what we think of in terms of an immersive sim, in terms of, like, a bunch of different ways you can go about getting through this room, except the room was uh, 12 splicers and a big daddy. <laughs> um, yep. And... And some oil um, slicks and some water. Yeah. Right. Some <laughs> water and some loose electricity, you know, electric wires and yeah. whatever, right? Um, and some turrets and all these other things that interact in a way. Um, and they and in doing that, I think they opened up that genre to a lot of people who would have never played it if it was the stricter, you know, even if it was the the thief style immersive sim that sure. was still primarily combat focused or not combat focused, but stealth focused, throwing people into the death gulch focused, yeah, right? The corpse gulch, gulch whatever yeah. it is. Um, uh, or, or you know, instead of the the sort of like we're hacking every computer and we're reading every terminal and we're doing we're cl- crawling through every vent and all of that stuff. Like that stuff's in Bioshock, but not as much as it's in a lot of the other games in the genre. For sure. Um, I'm curious if you think there's a version of that for Prey, or if you think that that is somehow betraying what makes it work, or, or I guess that's my question. Mm-hmm. Really, what it is, is like, I can I can conceive of a world in which they do the thing you're saying, which is like, oh, make a game that appeals to a broader audience by showing them all the depth. And that feels to someone like you, who likes looking for the depth, as being like, oh, everything's really up on the surface now. I can see all of the things immediately, I'm not getting that same dig into it thing like how do you think that they can balance the sort of like broad appeal but also keeping it as dense as it is the way you like it i mean i think that's what the main game is because i don't think 99 percent of people played the same game that i did basically right 99 percent of people did not spend 80 hours on their first playthrough finding every stupid thing and every like ridiculous right, right, right. thing you can interact with so like they made that surface level game that the very story-based mm. game that i think most people played I, and I don't know. I, I just don't think the game does the greatest job showing other people like how, you know, how much fun that depth can be and how much more fun it is right. to, you know, use the the useless weapon to basically open terminals through that little slit in the in the like indoors and those are like security stations, whatever. I'm yeah, using yeah, yeah. A very like the things of like, like, oh, I can use here. the Nerf gun to to open to hit the button through the the little slot yeah. or whatever that opens the door. Yeah, a lot of the stuff just they don't show you that you can do it. Right. Though I I guess my my biggest thing, and this is the thing that's like we've come back around on a couple of times with immersive Sims, is like the scary thing is that like not scary, but like the frustrating thing is like I think that's fun. You think that's fun. Mm-hmm. I went and three through, other people do. And yeah, three and other people nobody do. Nobody else gives like, the first shit. <laughs> right. I think about the death of the outsider bank heist um, that has an optional objective of not making any noise at all or not being seen by anybody, not waking anybody up. Because I did the, the version of just like putting everybody inside yep. of the bank to sleep. Same. And that was that one's that one's extremely difficult. It's extremely <laughs> difficult. And it was so rewarding to to do. It was amazing. It was amazing. And like. But I don't know that that appeals to as many people Nobody. as yeah. – and so it's like – I don't know. It's in such a tough place. I'm very curious to see what these teams do next because they're so talented, especially at building worlds and building places and writing characters. Um, and I want to see – like even if that's just more of the action side of Immersive Sims, the 12-hour the instead of the 40-hour, maybe I'll be, I'll be happy I mean it'll that. be a 12-hour thing that I'll take 40 hours to go through, which is you know, the norm. <laughs> it all evens out. It yeah. is interesting. And I just, oh, go ahead. Go I ahead. mean just being, being forced to – reinvent it i think is healthy like as much as i like the praise and designs of the world like 
those are just iterations on games that I've played before. And like dropping that in a new context, I think is the, oftentimes the best thing for pe- people that are fans of it and, you know, possibly for, for wider audiences. So I'm, I'm all for, uh, it, it's hard to imagine that like, there's no world, like, there's no world where you can re- like kind of imagine that Arcane's like, Hey, and go make turn-based strategy games. Right. So it's like the studio is staffed and expertise at certain things. Uh-huh. It's just a matter of like how they contextualize that, could be really exciting to see. Like there, there's a way in which, like, just because the mainstreaming of it is maybe the wrong way of putting it. It's more just about like how you contextualize and, and the appearance and the interaction with it. Right. And I don't know. I think that those people are, are too smart to not find creative solutions to that problem. If what they're being asked is, if you want to make the same kind of game, you got to find a new way to get people yeah. into that kind of game, and th- th- that could be a healthy thing for the genre. Let yeah. me pitch you. Oh. Prey yeah. two, <laughs> yeah, but it's a mix of Prey the twenty six twenty sixteen twenty seventeen. What year mm-hmm. is it? Twenty seventeen, <laughs> and Prey two, the game that never came out. Yes. You're a bounty hunter. I would love it. You're mm. an intergalactic bounty you have hunter. A beanie. Yeah, you got a beanie on. <laughs> uh, you can do the cool slide. You have all these bounty hunting tricks. It's an action immersive sim in a cyberpunk alien city. And also, the mimics are there, and they're slowly info. Oh, you know what else it is? It's a remake, a flashback for the for the Genesis and the SNES. <laughs> but a good one, not that shitty one from five not years ago. Not Fade to Black. Yeah, oh, yeah, not that There's one either. There's a terrible yeah, remake. Not that terrible yeah. remake. Um, because the, the story of that is like a weird mimic alien species yeah. lands on Earth right. and starts to... It's just that. It's just that. It's just give them the flashback license and do that <laughs> i'm so into it. i'm so Swish, so into it i'm good i love it we, I, we made it and i would i would you know i feel like call with that me team, arcane exactly arcane should give you give you a little ring call me by arcane call me by arcane call me by arcane <laughs> the oscar winning peach loving call me by arcane yeah hey, I, just, I just came i just came up with the the title <laughs> for the, the podcast we did it there's right? always I'm fruit in arcane games call me by arcane i would, Boom, I would I pretty much it. play anything that those folks make Right, totally. it's it's one of those like the five studios that would play pretty much anything that they make. But I, I, I've always sort of imagined that things will go in a more Titanfall two ish way, maybe in yeah. terms of like oh, amazing level design, and maybe there's a level that's kind of not not experimental, but a little bit off the beaten path of of what you usually get, as opposed to, I don't know, playing Bioshock again has made me appreciate prey even more which i didn't think was possible uh but in terms of how deep those systems go so right. you know well we shall see i'm just glad that prey uh maybe has this last little gasp of air this yeah. last little tiny like the aed pads are on its chest and it, there's a little like, electricity there and maybe it'll breathe for a few seconds let's uh let's take a quick break but i want to talk a little <laughs> bit more about bethesda and stuff uh right after that so we will be right back and take a quick break All right, we are back. Um, it's funny because I had kind of pushed Bethesda out of my head a little bit, I think, uh, until we got the E3 invite for their that had uh, for a mimic their on E3. It. They had a mimic on it. That's why this the DLC talk came up, and then that got me thinking about going back to playing Fallout this weekend. Good. Um, and I can't. That's what you did. No. I thought oh. about it. I watched a lot okay. of videos about mods. I reinstalled Fallout <laughs> 4 and New Vegas on my PC. Uh, yeah. the, oh, and I love I love New Vegas. Uh, I think it has problems, but I love it. 
and I like 4 more than most people, and I especially mm. am interested in what a f- version of 4 looks like now with a lot of PC mods on it um, sure. that I haven't dug into. But modding takes forever. Like, I have to dedicate a night to getting to, like, find the seven mods that I think look cool. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I just had that mode was in me this week. And I'm curious if this ever happens with y'all. Like, this is my question bucket question this week is, I had this thing in me this weekend that was like, I had, I had like a bunch of side shit going on this weekend that was like really stressful and really frustrating. But so at night I was like, I was coming home and being like, I want to play something. I want to play, I have like an itch I can't fucking scratch. Partially it was because I'd been playing Hunt and Hunt was Hunt Showdown. Hunt, the horrors of the Gilded Age showdown. (laughs) Hoga, I was playing Hoga. Um, and the, the guns were so good in it that I was like, I really want to play a game with that has good guns to shoot, but like not modern ones. So I guess Fallout has those sort of, I guess I could, I guess I could install this, 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 or this. And I was just like staring at my Steam page, staring at my Steam library, looking at games I could install, thinking about whether or not I wanted to mod them, watching reviews of mods on the internet, watching you know, going and reading reviews on Nexus, looking up, uh, uh, looking up the going to Wikipedia or like game wiki pages to look at, like to remind myself of what I liked and didn't like about a game. Uh, think about starting Metro 2033, uh, redo, uh, Redux, like all sorts of stuff like that of just like, and I couldn't fucking commit to anything. <laughs> oh, all no. I could do was just look at the various options. And it reminded me of, um, Vinny Caravella over at Giant Bomb, um, kind of uh one of the the stories that that he's told me in the past that's really stuck with me was like sometimes he gets this for real life things where he's like i think we need a new bathtub and then he spends a week researching what the best bathtub in the world is or or, you know whatever it is we need a new vacuum and then he wants to solve what vacuum he should order from amazon Mm -hmm. and so he just like spends the week doing that and it's this terrible urge he doesn't have to order the vacuum at the end he just needs to have that feeling of like i found the thing and that's what i had last night uh and 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 saturday night and friday night with games was just like i can't figure out what the itches i'm trying to scratch Uh, and insofar as i have all of these options available to me i'm just caught in a trap of like what the fuck am i doing and you ended up going back to hunt showdown (laughs) i played a little bit i actually went back to far cry 4 in the end actually okay um, because I I mean the thing is like I would be playing Far Cry Five for review if code was in and that would be scratching that itch because it would have the productivity angle on it. It was like oh I'm working on this thing for review, <laughs> um, but without that like left to my own devices, left to the world of games ahead of me, knowing that I wanted to play something that felt like Hunt Showdown but that ran well on my computer or my consoles, mm-hmm. um, I just couldn't find it. And so instead, I just spent that whole night looking for something. I'm curious if any of either of you have or any of you have ever had that sort of like, I have a free night open, and I don't know what to do with it. So I'm just gonna waste it looking at a list from my Steam library. That's been me. That was me like pretty much all last week. I, um, I like to spend my nights watching trash tv like reality tv (laughs) Mm um i've finished pretty much every single season of uh real housewives and like i peruse netflix and hulu like every single night looking for stuff and so last week i was like okay well i should start a new game what game do i want to start and i picked up because titanfall 2 was like 5.99 i picked up titanfall 2 i picked up the witcher 3 which i haven't played and i also picked up okami hd because i've never played okami and I haven't started any of them. Yep. <laughs> but every night I'm like, okay, tonight's going to be the night. I should really start Witcher 3. Maybe I'll stream it. And then I just sit on the couch, like, yep. going through my PS4 for 
three hours and end up watching reality TV. What go. happens? Why why are our brains like this? Because Jersey Shore is good. You Jersey just Shore is you know good. I'm not it's here like, to say I, that. yeah I, I watched all Jersey Shore. I was very my wife and I were very into Rock of Love. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved I love that shit. Um we had uh uh so we got so we like discovered how, you know, I'm sure you've all experienced this where, you know, you think all oh, I'm just going to watch is one reality show and then oh. halfway through they've teased they tease you know they figure out who's the character spin-off. the standout and then the spin-off is like ready to roll yeah. out by the time you finish uh-huh. that season so you never get off the train so we went on the rock of love train <laughs> uh and eventually the uh the apartment uh that when I went to work for G4 uh the apartment that we rented uh was this uh it was supposed to be this really expensive uh, complex because it had like hot tubs and like pool like stuff that nice. I could not afford on right. the salaries that me and my wife were on but they just built it and so they were just trying to fill people into it so they were offering temporary one year 50% discounts on the lease so the lease you were signing was for like the $3,400 lease <laughs> right. that you were getting it for half right. and so we're like Fuck! Like this sounds awesome, and it was ha- it was two it was half a block from where I was working. Oh my god! So that's the so anyways, dream. We, and so uh, what we discovered uh, uh, living there was that we just see like different characters is the <laughs> perhaps the the the, the, the vaguest way to uh, like we would see sometimes I'd look down my hall and there'd be a bunch of people like doing dance routines and I'd go over and ask like what what like what are you where you weren't here last week they're like oh we're with so you think you can dance like we're performing tonight as it turns out what they started doing like the temporary full spaces before they had actual um uh people to sign your leases was like reality shows would just book whole swarms of rooms and then they would just put people up there temporarily and so that's why you'd get so you think you can dance and american idol and these other people that would kind of cycle through parts of this power complex and one time after work, uh, uh, my wife and I were like, we're going down to that hot tub. We get a beer, like uh, going to relax. And we look over. I don't – I'd have to go look it up. But like look over and was like, are those two women from the season of Rock of <laughs> Rock is Rock of Love that we are watching right now on TV? Yeah. I was like, did we watch them go have dirty sex with Brett Michaels on a recent episode and we're all in the hot tub together right now? Yes. We didn't get out of the hot tub. We tried to engage in conversation with them. Didn't bring up the show. We're just like, what are you doing here? And God. It was, anyway, that's so funny. Wow. That's my, that's Real my chance reality of love. show story. Tub, tub of love right there is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Tub of love. Tub of love. That's, that's Wait, we the might name have of this a different, episode. We might have a second episode container. For, a container. Uh, contender. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. Yeah, wow. so that's that's where I've been at. Like, obviously, I've been playing. So I played some Hunt. I played some... I played some uh, I've continued to play Into the Breach. I know, Patrick, it sounds like you're having a harder time with that than my little corner of the internet is. I'm en- enjoying it. I'm just... Uh, it, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to... It's... It is relent. It is relentless. It is difficult. It is difficult. It is. Um, I am getting better. Like I'm, I'm, but yeah, I don't know. Like I'm not necessarily always having a good time with right. it, and I just. It's one of those things where it's like, if I put in the time and I was able to get that hump, I just don't know if I want to spend the amount of time where I'm not enjoying myself. Like, is just that is that worth it, right. or could I be doing other things that are like a better use of. But then I'll have like a the set run. of matches that are that are like fuck, like okay, yeah. like I see it, yeah. like I completely, I see what people. Uh, uh, I guess part of my problem is I unlocked another set, uh, another squad that I am complete dog which, shit. Which at, squad do you unlock? 
the one uh, where uh, uh, the the main mech uh, has the uh, the electric whip yeah, yeah, yeah. that can like uh, chain, uh-huh. uh, which he seems cool. But it's just the 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 way they they set your initial squad up and into the breach uh, is really based around pushing enemies around tiles. Yep. Like, and yes, that's a huge part of the game, more writ large. But like, they give you a lot of tools for doing that, and those strategies are not applicable to the other squad that I have picked. Like maybe in general practice, but like you just, you have to relearn the game and your conceptual thinking. Yeah. Every squad is like, Oh shit. There's a whole type part of this game. I've never thought about before. Yes. Um, And uh, so then I wonder is like, is it even worth, I wonder if it's even like, if I'm going to enjoy this game, it would be better for me to just focus on the the basic intro squad, which I know is like plenty of people I've seen have beat the yeah, game great with that squad, and that I should just beat the game that way. And then if I feel like there's still an itch, then I can go down the path of other squads and find other more creative ways to beat the game. Um, but I, it's a slick game. I, I am enjoying yeah. it. I'm just trying to figure out like the way. Here's I my want here's to my tip for Blitzkrieg, it. which is the whip squad. Mm. Two things. Blitzkrieg. Two big things. One. <laughs> The whips, the whip one, the electric whip mech yeah. has an upgrade that you should get immediately. That is okay. the whip works works through buildings. That immediately changes everything. Oh, uh, and so yeah. suddenly, like, oh, I'm nowhere near that other enemy, but because there's a chain of buildings, I can hit through that. Wow, so that's, that's huge. one. Two, there's two other. There's actually two other big ones. Two, okay, the hook mech. You know the hook mech. Yes, it has sh- it has one level of shielding on it. One has like a shell armor on it, which yeah. means it takes one less damage from anything any like regular damage source. Which means it can be the conduit you need. It can be the fuse that connects two different chains together, mm. and take only minimal damage when getting hit from it. Um, huh. So that's big. And then three is the big rock thrower can do damage by throwing a rock. But again, the rock can fit in to a slot that connects things with the whip chain. And so once yeah, you start... Game, do... <laughs> game doesn't explain any of that. No, totally. And never would have even, never would have even conceived totally. well, that throwing the stone would have done what that. What would happen okay. is you would hit, you would go to hit, you'd throw the stone randomly and then like line up a whip and be like, yeah. oh shit, right, of course it can right. pass through this. It's a thing on the map. And that's like, it, it comes to you that way. And so, the, so also like maybe do one more blitz run and then go back mm. and do your basic run again because the thing that's happening constantly in that game is you're getting better at using that basic squad even when you're not playing as them because you just become a lot more cognizant of the battlefield and of how where things are and about how aggressive you should be versus how defensive you should be um so i, I would say give it give it two more runs do one more blitzkrieg <laughs> squad run okay. and go back to your basic squad i bet you can get a win with the basic squad uh it is it is a, i'm like so deeply in love with that game um i'm gonna probably try to get all the achievements and that's gonna be very hard but but i'm pretty <laughs> committed to it um i'm gonna right, jump in soon it's my, yeah, it's you my should. next thing you should. for sure. Or I'm excited. one of my next things for sure. Well, you're still finishing up with uh, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. I sure right? am. Again, disclosure. I, wor- I wrote on that on game. Half of That's the people my disclosure. I know. I, half the people right. on the game I know. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're not half the people I know. That'd be um, weird. My dad didn't work it. on that uh, game. <laughs> are you sure? I'm pretty How sure. How sure are you? The accents would be so different if my dad worked <laughs> on that game. Instead of like southern drawly kind of accents, yeah, they'd be like, yeah. and then we went to Boston and then this happened. It was weird. 
Any so, uh, any updated thoughts on on just, where the water tastes like? Yeah, wine? I can I can briefly uh, talk about that. I'm, I'm I'm working on a piece right now about that specifically, and about I was kind of struggling with uh, finding like an angle to actually write about this. I am really enjoying the game. I am enjoying the sort of general conceit of it is a storytelling game where you are just collecting stories and sort of rehashing those stories, and they grow out in the world in their own ways. And that's a cool conceit. Uh, and mm-hmm. of course, the writing is awesome. Whatever. Shout outs to the people I know um, <laughs> and disclaimers for people I know. But um, it's a really lonely game. It's a really, really, really lonely experience. You are a skeleton man in a cowboy hat walking across America by yourself. Unless yep. something changes radically at the very, very end. I'm several hours in and I think this is the game. Uh, you're by yourself and you meet up with people and you you talk to them. And that's sort of your, you know, the only moments of companionship are when you meet people at a crossroads almost. And it got me thinking, I, I took a road trip, you know, almost 10 years ago now, uh, at, like across America, and it was one of the greatest trips in my life. It was one of the best experiences. I, I went to all these amazing places and I did all these amazing things. And I don't talk to any of the people I went on that trip with. Mm-hmm. I, I was mm-hmm. dating somebody and that lasted like three months or something. And like, it's okay. I, I don't mind that, that, that I don't talk to any of those people anymore, but it does matter that I experienced it with somebody mm-hmm. and that, that it was not a lonely experience at all. Right. It was like a wonderful, enriching experience for my life. So it feels a little weird to be kind of recreating that in certain ways. Not obviously yeah. the one for one, but like recreating it in a, in a really sort of tangible way as a lone skeleton man who never actually has <laughs> companions and never actually shares any of these things with anybody else. Uh, so it's this really fundamentally lonely feeling that I'm getting when I'm playing it, uh, which is interesting. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it is part of the text, uh, but it, it, it makes me feel like, yeah. am, I, am I a little weird for, for feeling so alienated by the fact that I'm doing this alone? Like, well, I would never want to go on a big trip by myself. And I don't know if you're that's also, weird. <laughs> you're not only doing it by yourself in that game, right? You are... You don't have a story of your own to tell. Right. You only ever tell other people's stories. You only tell stories that you've heard from other people, rather. Um, and so whether that's the little stories that you pick up from around random places, or when you sit down and talk to one of the main like characters, yeah. the, one of the, the other travelers, you're telling them stories you've heard from other places, and then they, in return, tell you bits of their story. They say, oh, this is where I was born, or like they say, hey, you know, I used to work at this fish mill or whatever over here, and now blah, blah, blah. You're never saying, here's who I am. And that's like a really distinct thing, even I think inside of the the space that this game comes in, right? Like I think about something like 80 Days as being a cousin to this game. I love, 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 love 80 Days. If you haven't played 80 Days, please look it up. Um, it's on PC. It's on iPad. I think it's on Android. Um, it is a fantastic game in which you play as pa- Passepartout, who is the the uh not the butler, the val the valet of um the dude from around the world in eighty days. You're the one who's like booking his travel and carrying all the bags and is kind of like directing him through the world. And it's a steampunk. It's kind of like a post colonial steampunk world. Yeah, very very eager to dig into the politics of the world is brilliantly written um meg jayanth did an incredible job on that and the design is fantastic and it's beautiful but it's also a game where you're not lonely partially because you always have a companion in the guy who you're the valid of which is like that's fair but like that you're not a friend with him necessarily you work for him but all along the way you you are meeting people and sharing experiences with them you're meeting like the russian spy or you're running into death in louisiana and having like a night out with him and or you're like all of that stuff is constantly like okay here's an experience in which you are embodied and it is about like like where the water tastes like wine about stories and about the about mythologies and about you know where people came from and what they're trying to do with their lives but it is also much much more 
um, about being with those people and having your life intersect with them. And that's a much different thing, which is which is an interesting distinction that I wouldn't have seen until you pointed it out just now. Now, now these two games that have been in my mind <laughs> is like orbiting each other. Now I understand what I think of their relationship, at least. So that's, that's interesting. Um, you're going to write about that sometime this week, yes, right? Yes, hopefully very cool. soon. <laughs> cool. Um, awesome. All right. Um, let me, let me, what time is it? It's getting there. It's getting there. Let's take a very quick dip into the question bucket. What's our, what, what are you, how are y'all feeling about that? You're good with, with a quick dip? Quick okay. One. Let's take a look. Just put into, a toe in, you know, just a, just a little toe. toe. Just a little toe. Um, this one's actually really simple and this one comes in from Claire and I think it's, it's worth answering. Uh, hey, Waypoint crew. <clears throat> I was wondering if you had any particular advice for getting into games writing, not necessarily just starting a blog to write, but what angles of, of critique and discussion would be best for independence going forwards, culture, experience, perspectives, etc. Thanks. I think we've done a lot of talking about the future of media recently and like the sort of big picture, like where is media going? What is happening in games media? What is what's games journalism look like? But we haven't gotten into this like smaller thing, which is like, what are the trends in writing about games right now? What are the things that are happening? What should a young writer who is trying to make a name as as, as just a writer be doing uh, for themselves in terms of, of coverage and angles and, and story ideas? Any thoughts? Be specific yeah. is, is uh, the advice I've given to most people um, when they've asked me, whether it's along the lines of reporting or criticism. Um Often, if you are if you are fortunate enough to somehow someday find yourself at an outlet, like you will be allowed to become a general purpose writer because um, you'll have that skill set. But in order to get both to get both to give yourself focus on like when you have an infinite amount of topics, when you're not being assigned something, when you're not being paid to write something, you can just write about whatever the hell you want. Um, I think it's both useful as a focusing mechanism and as a way of being able to brand yourself. Um, is is to say like I can speak to this thing specifically. Um, uh, so it's like whether that is you know you want to speak about racing games or you want to talk about immersive sims or like it is, is finding your lane is a way of pitching yourself because if you if you can just say I can review video games and like maybe you are such an insightful writer that like your general purpose writing like goes above um, that is possible. I'm not saying it's but I think you're making your your life harder and it's a lot like when someone comes to me and says like here is my expertise right. here's something i can show you 10 pieces i've written about that shows i have a one it sh one it shows a commitment that like you you can deep dive a topic it shows a uh, there, there are a lot of qualities that uh speak more broadly to you as a writer as a reporter like whatever it is if you can follow a specific topic and, and speak to it on, on multiple levels and from multiple angles. And I think that will also just allow you to figure out, like, what do I want to be writing about? Is like kind of picking something and then just going for it and kind of going at that from different angles. Um, just because I, I, th I think that is useful, especially if you're going to try and, like, go to the point where you're – you want to pitch, like, Waypoint or Kotaku or whoever and, like, hey, I want to write about esports. It's like, okay, like – why right. and it's like well look here i did all these an analysis of different matches or i did a profile of like a really small you know person that isn't big in esports but i was able to get access to them and so then i did what i could with the access i had and i think focus is a, a huge part of getting started at least that is that, that, that's been my advice when i've tried to impart to people yeah, I think it's really great advice. I think that the one of the one of the things that can become one of the hardest things to balance as someone who's trying to find their niche as a writer is 
knowing what the balance should be between you know, having a deep specificity towards your work and showing that you're a generalist, because often what the marketplace wants to reward is generalists. You know, when I was freelancing for GameSpot as a reviews writer, the fact that I could play pretty much anything meant that Mm -hmm. that I was my name bubbled up a lot when it came to assigned reviews. Um, Similarly, when I was doing freelance stuff at Paste, it was like, hey, can you cover this thing? And the answer was like, yes, yes, of course, I can cover it. Yes, of course, I'm going to be flexible as possible. I can cover anything you need. But even when you're doing that, right? And and part of being a freelancer is saying yes to that stuff. Even when you're like, I think I can do it. Trust yourself. <laughs> you probably can do it. And if you can't and it right. falls apart, it won't be the end of the world. Like as long as you're communicative about it and that you're clear and like, okay, here's where it fell apart. Here's what happened. Here's where I need more resources. Can you connect me to the developer or the publisher? Blah, 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 blah. Um, but at the same time, I did my best to spend time carving out my lane and figuring out, okay, here are the things that when it really comes to my big pieces, people can expect, or even in a through line sense, all right, I'm going to be reviewing this project cars. How can I still make that about something that isn't just the handling of the cars? Or 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 is there a way I can talk about the handling of the cars that helps communicate who I am as a writer? And it is like it's so shitty to be like, you always build your brand. Like, that is the worst thing to, to say out loud. It's, it sticks in the back of my throat. I hate the word brand because, you know, it's, it's, it emerges from literally a, a, a hot piece of metal that you push into something to market as, as being owned. Like, it's, it's a shitty connotation. It's, it's bad. But it's like, what do people think of when right. they like think of all, it's, I mean, if you want to just, it's like when people say, you know, Patrick Lubbock, they think like scoops, news and yep. writing. Like, that is like, that's, you know what I've I've worked on. And that's my through line. Even though I do lots of other things, like when they think of Austin Walker, like they're you know they think of they're gonna think of criticism. Right, like right. when I think of like like really uh, like uh, careful mediations on like race and right. like culture and video games. Like that is like a through line of your work, even when you have spoken to lots even of when other I things. Re- re- uh, reviewed Sid Meier's starships or whatever, right? It's like okay, or even like Monster Hunter World, right? right? Like right. a game that sure. on its surface you would think would be completely separated from. Like, you know, the the quote-unquote, like, Austin Walker brand. Like, actually, you read that, and it's like, oh, we're going to speak to, like, colonialism. And, like, there are, there are, like, it's thinking through that lens. Like, what do you want to speak to? And then, like, even when you're doing general purpose work, it's, like, finding ways to bring what you want to talk about in there. And and often it's a very uh, laborious exercise yeah. in making that not be, like, really blunt and, and bad and forced. And you're going to do all of those things. And even yep. we do those all things. All the time. Um, all the time. And... Uh, it's finding your way there, but it's and having it's, good it's editors. Thinking. Thankfully, thanks, yes, thank you to, yes. to Danielle and Rob, who's in here for editing my stuff so often. Um, and also, here's the other thing: it doesn't have to be super serious. Like our things, I think our examples yeah. are like where yeah. it can be like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna be really funny. Like I'm gonna be really clever. Like that's so hard to do. And if you're someone, and also there's there's it's extre- exceedingly rare. Yes. You want to you want to you want to go look and like why there's ex- uh, very little humor in video game criticism it's not because people don't want to be funny it's because they ain't funny funny. and like there's just not that much there's both not that much comedy in video games and there's not that much comedy in video game writing like good satirical or insightful or clever and funny writing like it's hard like if you want if you want to be a comedian you think being a comedian is too hard like if you could be a funny writer like my guess is you'd be able to find 
somewhere because there's just there's no one in that lane is 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 empty <laughs> there's just not much of it totally yeah so yeah think about that it doesn't have to just be it doesn't just have to be like i'm going to write about race i'm going to write about labor it can be really specific to stylistic things danielle did and you i was something? gonna say also on the micro level that specificity is really helpful when you're pitching as well yes we get yes. a lot of pitches uh and always through forever and not just talking about waypoint but if you're an editor you get a lot of pitches that are not very specific they're generally about Here's the thing. I want to write about it. And, and people don't actually. I'd like to write about exactly. X. And then there's like, exactly. eight, there's like 800 words. It's like, no, like, no it's not going <laughs> like, to do it, my friend. It's got to be, a, <laughs> it's got to be two lines. If you want to expand underneath, you can, yes. but you got to be able to explain what you want. Like it, 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 it I think what you're saying is that it kind of shows that uh, you haven't necessarily fully thought through what exactly. you want to say. Right. You just kind of think you want to say something about right. a topic. It, totally. Be super specific about what you want to say, how you're going to say it. Just be able to do that. And and a lot of that is really, really hard, and it takes a really, really long time to actually come up with a great pitch. Great pitches are incredibly difficult. I still have an insanely hard time with them myself, thinking of how I want to cover things and th- finding angles on things I want to do. So even if you do this for a living, it's hard. It's always going to be totally. hard. Uh, but putting in that time to understand what a really great pitch is, is as important, I think, uh, to getting your foot in the door. Um, Danica, as someone who's writing more recently, have you thought about this stuff or about like when you sit down to write something, kind of how do you organize your ideas and, and kind of begin to, to dig into something uh, a little like you, uh, you recently, one of my favorite pieces of yours recently was about how Monster Hunter kind of encouraged you to start like paying attention to certain uh, mechanics and systems in a way that you would not traditionally do, mm-hmm. um, which I think is like legitimately a really good piece. Or you did a preview on, on Yakuza 6 recently. Um, I've really liked that stuff, but I'm curious for you, not that you've never written before in your life, obviously, but like you're you're kind of redoubling your effort with it right now. I'm curious what your thought process has been around that. So my background in writing is like, I, I used to write for uh, an otaku magazine called Otaku USA, and I did um, like features I on I had no shows. idea you did that. Yes. That's really funny. I wrote their cosplay column, and I did um, big like 1,500 word features um, in each magazine. And then I also wrote for Crunchyroll on like games or other things like shows and stuff. Um, I don't have a huge background in writing. I'm like still learning and figuring out my own voice. And I think for me, I, because I don't have this big background and I'm still kind of learning, I'm just trying to like be myself in my writing. And I think that comes across. And I think that's for the people who come back to me with feedback or talk to me about my writing one of the things that I hear a lot is like oh your stuff is funny and like you you actually like just sound like yourself in your writing and so that's just what I'm trying to do more of yeah that's I, I will say that has been definitely one of the best things for me is like one of the hardest things you can do is have a voice that is recognizable as the same like the the Danica voice on a stream or on the podcast is totally your writing voice right, and that right, right. sounds on paper like it should be easy mm-hmm. it is so hard mm-hmm. to be conversational in writing um and so that's my other big tip is just like even if i don't even if you don't have a specific angle even if you don't have a specific like beat that you've figured out yet um if someone wants to try to get into gaming like find the right blend of expertise and conversational uh, tone and conversational voice. One of the things that puts me off a lot as a writer is when I can tell someone is writing from a position of expertise, but can't quite 
doesn't realize that they're writing for a wider audience and that part of what that requires is like hey we're just like at a bar talking mm -hmm. um and there are times there are features where you should not have that tone right, there are right, there right. are you're doing a certain type of profile piece you're doing a certain sort of, of reported story uh, that, that has some like weightier subject matter or or you know you're, you're doing something where the the conversational tone would would actually slow things down because you have to take a lot of space to explain something really complex mm -hmm. that really just needs to be really tight and focused but by and large one of the things that really connects people to a, a writer is that conversational tone that feeling like you're being told a story that feeling that like you're at the campfire to go back to where yep. the water tastes like wine <laughs> and like and you're sharing a, a campfire story in a sense right yeah. um so so try to try to push for that it can be hard to know when you have it but mm. but yeah i think I, I think that i it also helps that like I have like Danielle editing my pieces too because like in the even in the Monster Hunter piece, she added a line or two that I when I went back and read it, I was like, oh whoa, this sounds really good. I'm gonna consider this for next time, you know? <laughs> and like I don't totally. have I approach writing from a more, I guess, emotional standpoint than analytical because I just don't the way that I consume games and media, and I've talked about this before, is I don't consume them in this like analytical way where I'm thinking about um, how this feels compared to XYZ mm -hmm. on my hands. I'm thinking about how it feels like for my brain, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a totally valid way to go about this. And like, I'm, I'm as, as the, the yeah, I see a waypoint, super excited to have you write more. And as, as for the person who wrote in, just start writing, like make yourself do it. Uh, otherwise it won't happen. Every like, day. I, I, mm -hmm. Every day. <laughs> or, or as, as every day as, as you can, yeah. right? Like I think the everyday advice you have to is work a job valuable. And, every and day without, exactly. that every day without crunching. Yeah. Right, yes. Exactly. There you go. Regularly, but that's just really do good. it. Like you, you as, have as to do it to do it. Yeah. Exactly. Eat your prunes, exactly. make it regular. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that advice. Okay. Yeah. Why yeah. not? All right. I'm gonna do one more. This one says quick in the title, so I'm sure it's gonna be a quick I'm one. This sure. is questions. Period. <laughs> quick questions. This one comes in from Chris in Vancouver, who says, "Hi, is free will an illusion? Is it an illusion like how we have choices in Fallout Four dialogue trees?" Is there a place for hate when people or characters have no agency in their actions? Chris from Vancouver. P.S. I like reading your web zone. I hope it stays for a long time. Oh, I remember this question. I'm this like, wait, we, we sang each other this question. It's a like, good one. We, we posted it's it in our, in our Discord. Yeah. There was a beautiful song on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend about that recently called Nothing is ever anyone's fault oh the by nathaniel by nathaniel by, yeah that was the, a great lawyer, song hot lawyer, that, was, nathaniel. that was a great song i feel like that, we talk that's about where you should go of, of that show by the way for the answers oh my god yes Next we should have a waypoint 101 on crazy it's <laughs> a very friend. good show it's a very good show if you two want to sit around a microphone I, I, <laughs> Hell yes. I wish i had the time to, to watch crazy ex-girlfriend um real good. all right that's our answer is go look up that go song from crazy <laughs> ex-girlfriend <laughs> If you have questions, you can send them into gaming at vice.com. Uh, use the subject questions so that we see it, and it goes into a pile of other questions that say things like, I like your web zone. Uh, you don't have to, you don't have to like our, you don't have to like reading our web zone, but I appreciate it. If you do, I appreciate that you're listening. As always, I appreciate if you go to iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, wherever it is you're listening and give us a review. Uh, that helps spread the word. We don't, we don't, obviously, we don't do any advertising for, for this show or anything like that. So helping to get the word out about this show is always a positive thing. Uh, as always, I'd like to thank Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You of the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Uh, you can follow us at Waypoint, twitter.com slash Waypoint, facebook.com slash Waypoint Vice, youtube.com slash Waypoint Vice, facebook.com slash uh, Waypoint 
Vice. Did I already say Facebook? I did. Yeah. Twitch.tv slash Waypoint. I just realized there's a bunch of stuff on YouTube that we, we, we actually didn't talk at all about the fact that I saw Far Cry 5. Um, but there was a Far Cry 5. It's on It's on oh, YouTube. I, Go look at it. It's on YouTube now. I guess it here's is. the thing. is it, it's a, There was never any there was never any podcast. I had originally like, oh, it's fine that we're not going to talk about it in the podcast because we already talked about it in a separate podcast article. But I didn't put that article in the feed. We didn't do a read yeah. of it, uh, which is fine. But so I did a preview of Far Cry 5. I did an interview with the creative director and one of the consultants on, on cults. Uh, so those are up on waypointadvice.com. And yes, we did a first look at the game that is now up over on our YouTube channel. So go look at that. Lots of things, lots of it's things lot to of say stuff. about that game. <laughs> a lot of thoughts. Uh, very curious about how that thing shakes out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Danielle? At Danielle R.I. Danica? At Danica Herod. And Patrick Klepek. You find me at Patrick Klubick. We're pointing out that Donald Trump's brothers on the board of ZeniMax will cause lots of gamergators to come at you because apparently it's inappropriate gamer to point gators? out Coming that Donald Trump, Patrick? who claims, what? I think what? Daniel, 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 Daniel Clapback. Dan, well, yeah, Daniel Clapback. Pat, yeah, Patrick, Daniel Patrick, Clapback. Patrick, Patrick. <laughs> God damn it! All right, that's gonna do it for us. I'm going to go watch whatever. There was a meltdown apparently while we were recording today. Oh, buddy, what? Sam Sunberg. Oh we're boy, go, we're gonna roll right into our politics cast. Let's just chat. call. Let's just call up Sam Nunberg. Let's get him He's on the line. Calling in everyone else right now. Yeah, we'll wow. say we're from Vice Waypoint. Don't mention video games. Just yeah. say, <laughs> did Trump ever mention Skyrim? Ever? <laughs> Please let us know. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, catch us all week doing streams, and we'll be back on Friday for another episode of Waypoint Radio. Be good. Be good at it. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.